trading. Well, when I think of trading, I have to think about the uh, money supply. Is any time you have a trade deficit, it creates inflation. And inflation is um, related to uh, the dilution of the money supply. So when you look at the money supply, there's different types. Um, M2 is the classic one, which is refers to stock of a liquid asset in an economy such as cash and current uh, account deposits. Higher money supply signifies more availability for loans for businesses and individuals. So when you take M1 divided by M2, you get a ratio, and that usually equates to economic activity. So um, if you're looking at the ratio of of uh, cash to uh, loans, if their loans are increasing, um, then the economy is growing and heating up. Uh, Money growth produces inflation. As aggregate demand curve increases, when money supply increases, causing the price to rise. So it's not a, a... correlation to say that you should increase the money supply to increase growth but this is just a general trend that politically has happened in the last 20 years 30 years uh, causing uh, rapid inflation growth production increases and output increases above the natural rate level causing wages to rise the natural the natural level is the most efficient Uh, usage of resources uh, producing product. And so when you increase the money supply, you increase inventories, and those inventories then have the effect of uh, reducing price as supply increases. The natural level of output occurs when all available resources are used efficiently. It equals the highest level of production in the economy that the economy can sustain. If money supply continues to grow, price will move to a higher price levels. Increases in the aggregate demand will lower the price if the money supply does not increase. And uh, um, that, that's just if the demand shifts to the right and the, and the money supply does not increase, then the price will decrease. <clears throat> and so generally trying to sustain full employment and keeping wages high at the same time uh, keeping prices low seems to be an impossible feat without inflation. But <clears throat> you have to remember inflation is diluting the money supply. Do an analysis. We have to analyze what the natural level of output should be. And that's based on the market demand. So again, as those aggregate demands correctly reflect 
what the market price should be, then supplies will adjust accordingly. Um, central banks in 2009 accumulated about $11.7 trillion in debt. More companies and countries are completing transactions in the RMBI, which is the Chinese currency. Um, it's known as the the yuan, but uh, when, you're tra- when you're doing trades, it is known as the RMB. And China is the largest trading company in the world. RMB price rises have have been exaggerated and the percentage usage has a reserve currency is minuscule. Uh, so again, the US dollar continues to be the dominant currency along with the euro um, and then followed by the yen. In 2012, Bank of Japan invested $65 billion in Chinese bonds compared to $400 billion in U.S. dollars. Foreign investment holds about $5 trillion of U.S. debt compared to $2.5 trillion held by the Federal Reserve Banks. Domestic investors hold $4.5 trillion in debt. This was in 2009. Central banks hold $11.7 trillion of reserve currency, most in U.S. debt. And that's, uh, at the time, uh, U.S. GDP was about $13 trillion. Azerbaijan. Now, there's a country that you don't hear much about. Every once in a while, they surface in the news uh, when there's, when there's a conflict between the Turks and the, and the Kurds. And occasionally, you'll hear this Azerbaijan. But Azerbaijan is the prize. Azerbaijan can provide the lion's share and did provide the lion's share of oil to Iran. That's its key strategic advantage. Um, Azerbaijan uh, created pipelines exporting oil and gas to Europe. 85% of Azerbaijan's population is Shiite Muslim. The U.S. and European Union have sought Azerbaijan as a strategic partner. And it makes sense because um, they uh, would be a key part of providing energy to Europe, play a key role to um, energy to Europe. Iran is home to 20 million ethnic Azerbaijanis. Azerbaijan has 7 billion barrels of crude oil reserves and roughly 4 trillion cubic meters of gas reserves. Sanctions against Russia turned the European Union uh, to the European Union to get oil out of Azerbaijan. So Europe has an interest um, in forming a partnership there to get the oil, but at the same time, Russia is also um, seeking to gain that prize and gain control of Azerbaijan oil. Nagorno and Kar 
Karabakh is the disputed area between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and it is thought that Russia will expand, exploit the weakness in that area by keeping soldiers there, and the Russian military intervention favors of Armenia is likely if tension flares. $120 billion worth of yuan trade daily. Um, which is, is showing that it's gaining strength, uh, but it's still not at the level that the Fed trades uh, over the, the Fed wire for dollars. Uh, so it's very small. The European Central Bank and China's Central Bank have entered into a $60 billion three-year currency swap. The currency swap ensures the European ECB access to continuous supply of yuan. Hong Kong and Singapore have established currency swaps with the Central Bank of China. The yuan is the 17th ranked currency in trading in 2013. $120 billion of yuan trade per day versus $34 billion per day in 2010. So in four years, they have quadrupled the amount of yuan that's trading. <clears throat> and so as the yuan <coughs> trades and, uh, and demand for the yuan uh, increases, the valuations on the yuan will also increase. And the only way to reverse that is to sell off dollars and buy yuan. Um, uh, but then that would cause a pre faster appreciation and slow down exports. So um, the POBC is less likely to do that. China's roadmap is to internal internationalize the yuan as follows. Use the yuan to issue foreign loans control the size of external debt, use the yuan for direct investing, set a quota for foreign direct investing, create yuan-denominated debt bonds, allow central banks to use the yuan to buy debt, allow companies to issue equity deposit receipts in China and Hong Kong, all international com companies to list in China Introduce the concept of the internationalized yuan. Free up the interest rate markets. Trade the yuan with a basket of other currencies against the dollar. And at one point, they were looking at uh, putting the yuan as a, uh, connecting it to a foreign basket, uh, which was has been historically... Um, exclusively the America Euro, Euro uh, Juan the Mark and a few others um, in uh, the international currencies connect the Juan debt denominations to the Shanghai interbank offering rate so um
when you look at China, you have to study the currency wars and understand what is happening as the yuan gets stronger. And um, my expectation is that the yuan will connect to gold-backed securities so that as other currencies are based on supply and demand or the purchase of those currencies for trade, um, the yuan will gain popularity as a safe haven by being gold-backed security. And I've been thinking about that for some time. I wrote quite a bit about it. Um, one of the other interesting things um, is what's going on with the yen. Why um, the yen had been made um, increasingly stronger uh, was an, an interesting tactic by the Bank of Japan and probably due to political pressure. Why did the yuan depreciate against the dollar in 2012? Okay, in 2012, the yuan had been depreciating against the dollar. China's central bank slowed the sell-off of foreign assets to buy yuan. The decreasing valuation of the yuan signaled increased outflows of capital. The China central bank inflated monetary policy to slow the devaluating devaluation rate. So again, we were going back to aggregate supply versus aggregate demand. So rather than adjust aggregate, shift aggregate demand to the right, they increased um, the aggregate supply uh, through increasing the money supply. So they increased uh, demand and supply at the same time, uh, sa same time simultaneously, uh, causing uh, inflation to increase about six and a half percent and uh, and grew their economy at a phenomenal pace as they did that. Um, there are risks for foreign countries holding large amounts of U.S. debt. China is calling for a, a diversified currency independent of the U.S. A depreciating dollar will rise the cost of living. Natural resources will cost more money. A weaker renminbi makes Chinese exports more appealing because they cost less. China central bank's monetary policy of weakening its currency signals lower, slower growth in the economy. In 2012, U.S. trade deficit was $295 billion. And uh, thank heavens Trump is uh, uh, working on uh, reducing that trade deficit because trade deficits are inflationary. Why are the Chinese investors taking their money out of China? The China government is guiding the renminbi lower at the same time net outflow capital is according. 
The Chinese real estate bubble is deflating. China is exporting more high-tech and communication equipment. One of the high-tech areas that China has identified that it wants to export in the next decade is um, artificial intelligence and machine learning um, and uh, making big jumps in the electronics uh, for smart gadgetry and uh, smart network systems and smart computer systems. Um, in the past, they've cloned a lot of the technology. They haven't really innovated it. But I was listening to a leading expert in the area of AI and, AI, and he was saying that, uh, that this trend is gonna now change, that China will begin to innovate in the area of technology, and especially in the area of artificial intelligence. Um, when you look at that, uh, that sector, it is largely, the limitations are due to uh, computational platform thresholds. But if you can uh, significantly increase that, like uh, the full, full self-driving vehicles with their FSD chips and uh, processing power, mostly um, in the teraflops, or trillions of instructions per second, uh, doing simple vector addition and multiplication, um, eight-byte multiplication and addition, then it is possible to get high-performance high uh, neural net recognition and processing. So uh, the... The, the implementation of that into IoT will be uh, a very important sector for China's growth as they move into more of the high tech. China has $3.3 trillion in foreign reserves. In 2011, U.S. exports were at a all-time high reached in 2008. In 2011, the renminbi depreciated 5.6% against the dollar and 14.54% against the euro. China is devaluating its currency and faces decreasing competitiveness. Credit growth in China is unsustainable. Chinese want to diversify out of the dollar because the dollar is weak and the political risk is great. The Australian dollar and the Canadian dollar could be the new haven for the Chinese investment. China will move money out of the U.S. reserves. Emerging markets will see the effect of the plummeting dollar and cry foul. The Chinese will look for a basket pig like the IMB, IMF special draft rights basket. And uh, that's what I was alluding to earlier is that that was the basket that um, the special drafts basket was considered to um, hold the Rambi but it uh, it didn't do that and uh, so there's still kind of a, a competition in the currency wars between East versus West. China keeps the yuan valuations lower by keeping their currencies higher by creating artificial demand for other currencies. China buys dollars, increasing the demand for the dollars. 
The dollar appreciates and the yuan is undervalued. The U.S. trade deficit increases because the yuan gets strong, um, gets more, gets it, um, gets an advantage. Japan took measures to keep the yen from appreciating against other countries, and that and that appreciation keeps their exports high um, as Japanese products uh, become more expensive. So. Uh, so by devaluating the yen, makes the exported proper, pro, uh, products cheaper. South Korea, Brazil, and Singapore double taxed on capital inflow, inflows, keeping their currencies from appreciating. In 2012, yuan hit 6.3484, the lowest level against the dollar. Banks were bearish on the yuan. Well, Japan, um, in 2012, they bought, Japanese banks started buying U.S. bonds as the uh, Chinese be sell-off, so they absorbed more of the debt, um, just keeping the dollar strong and supporting their um, economy. Japanese banks bought treasuries to reduce exposure to the euro and prevent rates to increase in the real estate market. When rates increase, real estate valuations decrease. A decrease in the valuations decreases asset values in the Japanese bank portfolios in their shadow accounts. The number of reported valuations representing losses to the bank. The stock market anticipation anticipates these uh, losses and lowers price expectations based on demand. The bank stock will begin to decrease. Large Japanese banks representing a quarter of the Japanese stock market. A sudden drop in the bank stock price would trigger a sell-off. Therefore, Japanese banks are forced to buy U.S. Treasuries to keep the rates low. Karate versus Kung Fu currency wars. So you think about that, these currency wars, um, it, they're products of exported inflation, uh, excessive debt, large trade deficits, and uh, it's a very um, precarious time in international markets. And, uh, and so, the result of a lot of this investment is bad loans. <clears throat> um, Japan itself could have over $1 trillion in bad loans. Um, and that's quite a, a feat to um, when you look at that because they're not allowing those bad investments to uh, be liquidated and their economy to heal. So the result has been about 40 years of deflation. It's been a very hard economy to survive in. Um, since 2009, Chinese have issued $5.4 trillion in loans as part of the Beijing stimulus package. Flooding the economy with yuan maintained high economic growth 
um, short term and fueled a property bubble. The Chinese bank system was undone with the new credit policies. China's national debt was 1.7 to 3.4 trillion at the end of 2010. China has 10.4 trillion dollars in wealth managed products. Borrowers are private investors. And so you see more of this emerging of state-owned enterprises or sovereign wealth funds that are buying up lots of private assets and equity, um, which is creating uh, the world moving to ownership of corporations. The Japanese Ministry of Finance behaves semi-feudalistic in the sense the Ministry of Finance promotes key industries to success despite their effectiveness. Japan's economic success has created um, enormous banks as primary source of operating and growth financing. After 1985, Japanese banks were allowed to pay interest on deposits, creating competition among banks by patrons. Members of the Kiratsu were obligated to have cross holdings of stock. Companies could not buy and sell for profit because of obligation. If they sold the stock, they would have to buy it back at the new higher price. And uh, that uh, practice, <clears throat> even though it was designed for no failure, was a, a terrible idea because um, it allowed bad investments to survive and uh, then weakened the whole system, making it uh, zombie-like. Between 1987 and 89, Citibank issued six trillion of yen of equity and equity-related securities. Financial kiratsu is not good. Banks loan money to customers at cheap rates. The companies then turn around a loan. The banks their own money back at slightly higher interest rates. It meant to bolster the capital strength. Yeah, see, that's just crazy. Because now you have an arbitrage that's occurring. Borrow where the interest is low and invest where the interest is high and capitalize on the difference. <clears throat> In the 1980s, Japan borrowed about 1.5 trillion from Europe, then invested in the United States. Um, because the United States interest rates were higher. The Japan had to pay a rate for the borrowed money. In the 1990s, Japan banks lent $600 billion and did most of the lending at the peak of the U.S. real estate market. By 1991, Japanese banks had lent $750 billion. You know, when Clinton claimed that he created the greatest economy, um, it's obvious that it was the Japanese banks that created 
the greatest economy uh, during Clinton's administration as they were lending the money for the real estate boom. In the 1990s, Japanese banks held 22% of the mortgages. The collapse of the Tokyo stock market collapsed the banks for two capital, two uh, stock market collapsed the banks for two capital, putting them under pressure to find money. In 1992, the Industrial Bank of Japan and the Long-Term Credit Bank each had three to four billion bad loans on properties not making payments. 75% of the banks lend money to small business. Japanese banks penalized for giving out bad loans. In 1991, Japanese banks had reserves of 3 trillion yen, $25 billion, on loan amounts of 450 trillion yen, $3.5 trillion. The highly leveraged. The Japanese government could charge 90% on capital gains for land sales. The tax discouraged investors from marketing the land for profit. The land values became artificially inflated. The Japanese banks used land for collateral. Decrease in land valuations created bank losses. In 1990, Japanese life insurance companies sold bank positions, increasing price free fall. <clears throat> Why are the Japanese banks giving out overseas loans? Japanese banks could be under could be vulnerable to spikes in interest rates. Japanese banks are holding huge amounts of bonds. A rise in the interest rates could cause bond prices to drop and banks to take a paper loss. The paper loss would impact the financial sector with a loss of confidence. Japanese corporations have mildly grown, leading to weak demand for loans. Government debt counts for 25% of all bank assets. Japan is raising taxes to combat decreases in revenue. Japan's status as safe haven has kept bond yields low to foreign money flow in. Tokyo Mitsubishi banks incorrectly believe the inflows are the result of investors expecting growth in the future. In 2012, 10-year bond yields dropped 0.77%. The big Japanese banks are using capital to invest in overseas companies. Mitsuho Financial Group and Mitsubishi UFJ Financial Group 
Japanese companies send $101 billion in 573 overseas acquisitions. More banks loans abroad means greater exposure to foreign risk. In 2008, Mitsuho faced tens of billions of yen losses in finance associated with Europe. Why do Japanese investors fear buying dollars during decline? Japanese investors feared exchanging yen for dollar while the yuan, while the yen was gained strength against the dollar because buying yen in the exchange for the dollar would cost more. Historically, foreign investors were eager to buy U.S. treasuries because they were a safe haven. To purchase U.S. treasuries, the investor traded the local currency, for example, yen for dollars. The buying of dollars helped strengthen the dollar. When interest rates decline, the interest investors sell. Treasuries in the exchange for dollars then goes elsewhere uh, to invest. U.S. inflation increases increase will cause foreign investors to sell their U.S. treasuries. Japan is the second largest investor in U.S. treasuries with $866 billion in holdings. Um, strategically, Japan buys treasuries, strengthening the dollar and weakening the yen, keeping Japanese exports cheaper. It's interesting because as you as stated here, uh, if inflation increases, then uh, U.S. bonds will be sold, creating uh, paper losses for the banks. So again, um, that is why the Fed has kept the interest rates uh, extremely low, and, and when they have tried to raise them, um, it's had fairly adverse effects on the economy. And uh, so now interest rates again have returned back to extreme low levels, um, even though there's indications that inflation is increasing as house prices increase. Gas price um, has stayed close to $3 a, a gallon and uh, uh, wages have increased. Um, <clears throat> Japan will raise taxes and increase the rate of inflation and increase government debt to pay for reconstruction costs. Japan will sell its U.S. Treasury reserves to raise money. As yields in Japanese government bonds approach record level lows, then Japanese investors increase purchases of U.S. Treasuries. Why aren't demanding higher? Why aren't the Japanese investors demanding higher levels of interest rates on Japanese bonds? Japan's ability to finance its government depends on the growth of its GDP and its ability to grow federal tax 
revenues. Japan's depositors, depositors account surplus, which is the big account that most of the Japanese have been investing and saving in for uh, decades. The Japanese depositors account surplus has kept Japan's economy from collapsing. Currently, more money is floating into Japan than out. Japan is earning more income on its foreign currency holdings than it's paying out. The banks, insurance companies, and pensions buy Japanese bonds. Japanese saving rate is 2%, which is amazing because it used to be much higher. Um, why does the appreciation, appreciating yuan help reduce U.S. debt to China? This is an interesting scenario. See, when we, we saw the 2008 uh, financial meltdown, we didn't realize how much we would learn about the way the world works. But it became very clear how the world works. Um, as the bond market reacted to changes in demand uh, by investors locally and foreign. In 2006, Chinese government created regulations for Chinese to invest abroad and Chinese companies to buy foreign exchanges. The outflow of money caused a decrease upward pressure on the yuan. A sharp increases in the upward value of the yuan decreased U.S. trade deficit with China. An increasing appreciation of the yuan will increase unemployment in China, making U.S. companies feel that a Underappreciated yuan gives Chinese companies an underfair advantage. The U.S. gained 6,000 jobs for every $1 billion improvement in trade balance. $100 billion would increase 600,000 jobs in the U.S. There is no evidence to the link, but the assumptions may be used by politicians to push for yuan appreciation. In 2011, the U.S. trade deficit was $428 billion. <clears throat> A stronger yuan will increase Chinese unemployment to 3 million in a workforce of 780 million or 0.4% when the yuan increases 0.6%. Zhe Zhang findings indicate a 20% rise in yuan um, would result in a 12% decrease in the Chinese GDP. So that correlation, if true, would suggest 
that as the one appreciates, then uh, there will be a significant slowdown in the Chinese GDP. <clears throat> in the time when I wrote this, 2011, Chinese exports were $1.58 trillion. A strong yuan will increase Chinese consumer buying power. The depreciating dollar um, has been a primary cause for the appreciating yuan. The weaker dollar causes an influx of hot money into China. Fed short-term bond buying pushed down the value of the dollar and increased the value of the yuan. <clears throat> so, again, the world would be so much better if there was no central banks. Uh, just because of the effect that they can have on, on a, a currency uh, by buying and selling that currency. Yuan appreciation will help investors to buy yuan-denominated assets. Investors will dump dollars for yuan to arrest Chinese economic growth. In 2012, Chinese yuan reached 6.2835, the highest level since 1994. How does a weaker yuan cause inflation in China? The after-effects of the Chinese 2008 stimulus package, record levels of national debt, amounted to 1.65 trillion, one-third of the Chinese GDP. In 2008, Chinese aggressive spending 625 billion on new roads, bridges, tunnels, subways, and the stimulus could lead to a wave of non-performing loans to municipalities. How did the construction surge in China match to demand? Uh, there were lots of cities that were built where they weren't occupied, so there was not a very good match between uh, the construction and the demand. Uh, today, those cities may be occupied. You, you can't imagine that level of construction to be go unnoticed, but uh, or unused. But it, there, there was uh, a lot of uh, excess inventory uh, that wasn't responding properly to demand. Was there a slack in the demand for the resulting projects? Apartment towers in some cities empty, as well as malls and skyscrapers. China still industry saddled with overcapacity. Its investment remained unprofitable for long term, uh, creating risk to the banking system. China's labor force slowly decreased, preventing more rapid uh, growth rates. In 2011, China reduced banking reserve requirements by 0.5 percentage points, creating new loans. <clears throat> tried to heat up the economy by providing more liquidity. So increase the money supply, try to uh, facilitate uh, more, more production. The European Union is China's largest trade partner. China exports to Europe, are, exports are down, forcing small factories to close. In Donggu, 450 small and medium business closed. Foreign exchange reserves lost value, decreasing $87 billion. Less foreign capital flowing into China. One-fifth of China's exports go to Europe. China's domestic spending represented 52% of its GDP growth in 2011. China started a second construction stage called social housing. In effect, uh, low-income housing and kept the real estate market from collapsing. 
the goal to build 10 to 36 million subsidized apartments by 2015. <clears throat> in China, poor families spent half of their income on food. Increased prices for pork and vegetables worried authorities at increased suffering for the poor. Inflation reached 17.5% in 1989, 3% in 1991, 13% in 1993, 27% in 1997. In 2010, inflation was 5.1% and increasing to 5.4% in 2011. Food price increased to 11.7 to 14.8%, well above the 4% targeted by the government. Drought was the single largest factor in increased food prices. Um, China and Russia entered into currency swaps. Um, so China and Russia have, um, they are betting on a decline of the dollar and removal from the post-Keynesian economic theories. China and Russia trade in yuan and rubles. China and Iran will trade in yuan. India and Japan entered into a $15 billion currency swap. India trades outside of the dollars with Asian partners. China and Brazil will trade in yuan. In 2012, Brazil entered into a $29 billion currency swap with China. China entered into a $5.5 billion currency swap with the United Arab Emirates a 1.6 billion currency swap with Turkey. Um, China, Russia, Iran, India, Brazil, and Japan are starting to think about a post-dollar world. <clears throat> so it makes sense for the U.S. to line up with Latin America. And that's been what, what I've been saying is that, um, that Latin America has been the... Uh, the single greatest mistake we have made by not capitalizing in establishing a healthy trade relationship with Latin America and with Canada. So we have Latin America, Mexico, Canada uh, that need to become more important in our trade alignment. Uh, containment of Chinese and Russian militarism needs to be a, is a part of U.S. foreign policy. So we'll continue to have uh, military engagements in those areas. But uh, uh, in the currency war, definitely we want to start lining up with Latin America and improve those relationships with Latin America. Uh, China is Brazil's largest trade partner with bilateral trade of $100 billion, $35 billion of bilateral trade with United Emirates, $24 billion of trade with Turkey. In 2010, China began internationalizing the yuan after Putin and Jibu announced Russia and China would use their own national currencies for bilateral trade. The yuan started trading against the ruble on the Moscow Interbank Currency Exchange and the Chinese bank market in Shanghai. Bilateral chain trading between Russia and China is $70 billion with a goal of $200 billion by uh, 2020. So we, you know, China and Russia, the, the bear and the dragon will uh, line up more against the dollar. As of 2011, Japan announced it was working on plans to promote direct exchange of currencies, yen for yuan. As of 2010, bilateral trade between Japan and China was $297 billion. 
dollars. HSBC is predicting half of all emerging market trade flows will be settled in RMB by 2013, and two trillion of RMB will be traded annually. Russia, China, and Japan trade 500 billion dollars annually, as of 2011. Well, this. Uh, this claim here is, is kind of disturbing for me. The end of the free market. Um, and uh, it definitely uh, it has been a slow process over the last hundred years as corporations became a source for wealth, as individuals sold land, which was the original preservation of wealth uh, due to higher taxations. Uh, they were, and, and, uh, um, the offer opportunity to get capital gains through dividends with corporations through the purchase of stocks, uh, the lure into corporations became stronger. And so uh, today we see that large portion of ownership now is by corporations. In 2008, there were 60,000 multinational companies. State enterprises use money to destroy competition from small and medium business. 51 of 100 largest economies were corporations. 49 were countries. <clears throat> Tariffs and trade barriers have dropped 80% over the last two decades. And it's, it's fantastic that the, those trade barriers now started to, the tariffs have started to protect us because we have lost so much wealth as a result of those tar tariff barriers being reduced down. In 2000, direct foreign investment was $1.4 Multinational companies were going global to drive down costs and target new customers. State-owned enterprise answered to, uh, did not have to, must answer to political masters and not shareholders. Companies like the National China National Petroleum Corporation, PetroChina, Sinopec, Petrobras, uh, Pemex, Rosneft, and Gazprom. These are all state enterprise-owned corporations that are answering to political entities and not uh, uh, business entities. <clears throat> In 2008, there were 117 state-owned enterprises in Brazil, China, India, and Russia, 239 companies from the U.S., Japan, Germany, um, fell from off the Forbes Global 2000 list. State capitalism empowers political tyranny by creating monopoly barrier barriers at eliminating competition through unfair aid. State capitalism can only survive in a totalitarian political system. Um, so that the, uh, the state capitalism is going to be harsher uh, in the future on us. Three of the four largest banks by the market capitalization are owned by state-owned enterprise. The richest countries support free trade system. Free trade is moral and allows rejection if not satisfactory. The exchange of goods is based on free will. Taxation is forced acquisition of money. There is no indication the state governments regulate economic activity better than market forces do. Companies that practice state capitalism profit from government injections of short-term capital. American free market capitalism will win a clash over the China state capitalism. State-owned 
enterprises enjoy privileged position for contracts. The state played the lead role economically and gained political power from its monopoly. Government used regulation to amass wealth and power at the expense of other countries. Merchantilism's goal is to acquire precious metals and keep trade imbalance to a minimum. Merchants use tariffs, taxes, and quotes to reduce trade deficits. State capitalism is the 21st century merchantilism. Will a new Fab Lab innovation allow personalized industrialization of energy, food, and products, removing more state capitalism barriers? China has made a shift from left to the right. Eastern Europe has moved right to meet the demands for the free market in European Union. Should trillions of dollars of shadow U.S. bank accounts become public? If taxpayers pay, uh, bail out large banks, should the taxpayer be enabled, entitled to the shadow account disclosures as a matter of public interest? The Ministry of International Trade and Industry does not convert Japan into a command economy. Japan is a free maker economy. Yen floats, trade has been liberalized, and international monopoly barriers dropped. Sweden, Norway, Finland, Denmark, and Iceland have reduced poverty to low levels. China and Russia do not want to return to the communist form of government. Instead, China, Russia and China want to keep as much control as possible through authoritative government form. Russia and China practice authoritative capitalism. The U.S. exported 36% of the world's oil. Peak oil production in the 1970s represented the collapse of the dollar, a shift off of gold, and the start of a fiat currency. Um, but I, I'd say the dollar still has to have, by law, has to have a certain amount of gold in the Federal Reserve. Uh, oil production did will not decrease in 2030 and will remain strong until 2050. By 2025, there will be 1.25 billion cars in the world. Three-fourths of the oil reserves are known by, owned by national oil companies, Armco, Gazprom, CNPCA, NIOC, PDVSA, Petros, Abu Dhabi, uh, Kuwait, and Petronas. That's phenomenal. The state-owned enterprises, which are political entities, own three-fourths of the oil. In 2009, China's investment of Africa uh, into Africa exceeded $100 billion. And I would say that U.S. oil uh, is largely uh, private industry, and, and so I'm, I'm rooting for U.S. oil to continue to uh, become... Uh, sustain its position as the number one oil exporter in the world. In 2008, sovereign wealth funds were believed to have $4 trillion in assets. The state still owns 40 of India's largest corp companies, 200 companies in all. India needs to let free market reform remove the corrupt layers of the old caste system. India should cut subsidies and reform welfare. India deficit spends uh, spending spends even during periods of prosperity. India cannot <coughs> compete with China projects due to the large amounts of financial assets. 
India politicians are more interested in welfare programs that aid voter support than engaging in reform and economic development. India's railroad, uh, railway employs 1.4 million people. Shenzhen and Gangzhou have become manufacturing powerhouses. Chinese national industries depend on state-owned enterprises for food, housing, and social benefit. China joined the World Trade Organization in 2001. China's state capitalism began with the state council. China believes it must uh, assert heavy control of its banks to spur growth. Three out of four bank, state-owned banks have been converted to free market banks where state maintains majority voter control. China's laid off 50 million employees since 1990. Chinese companies have invested in Canada, Kazakhstan, Brazil, Venezuela, Ecuador, and Argentina. China has two trillion dollars in foreign reserves. In 2008, direct foreign investments in China was 92.8 billion. billion. In 2007, Chinese Investment Corp, CIC, was formed with 200 billion in assets. China has allowed state control by private-owned companies. So that's the alarming trend of the world of of how large... um, Global national corporations have gained control over um, the world through corporations. Um, the Nixon China visited. The China uh, cannot be outside the family of nations. An open world cannot allow Chinese people to live in angry isolation. China and the U.S. had 40 years of trade relationships. Trade and, business, trade and business trade between U.S. and China flourished with the trade reaching $500 billion a year. China trade has created over 3 million jobs, saving 600 billions for U.S. consumers. 160,000 students study at universities in the United States. The Chinese language is becoming popular. Um, More, more people are starting to learn Mandarin. Uh, China wants peace, stability, and prosperity. China entered into uh, China-U.S. cooperative partnership. Global challenges have become more pronounced. Countries have become more interdependent. China wants to embrace national agreement, increase dialogue, strategic mutual trust, and manage differences. Keep to the right direction and not dispark from the course. China wants to see U.S. have more prosperity. China hopes the U.S. will respect interests and concerns in regions of the world. Important documents are Shanghai Common Key, Joint Common Key, uh, August 7th Common Key, have established the principles of China and U.S. relationship. The Common Keys enforce both nations will treat each other as equals. China does not want any interference with domestic affairs and politics by the U.S. Encourage more people-to-people relationships between U.S. and China. Innovative areas to improve energy, adjust economic structure, environment, and infrastructure. Communication um, should be strengthened between U.S., China, and abide by U.S. Charter. Uh, 
uh, even in the process of uh, that, we still see Ch uh, Russia becoming a stronger military. Um, Russia is rearming its military. Russia's Dmitry Medvedev is demanding greater efficiency from 